Do you have goals for your life? Do you want to grow in God? Join me as we deep dive into real and relevant strategies that ignite you to seek God and slay goals. Hey, y'all. Get ready for a discussion about life, business, relationships, and more, all from a biblical perspective. And I'm your host, Felicia L. Henry. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Seek God Slay Goals podcast. And I am super excited to be here today with my sister, Shayna Bowman, and we are going to have just an amazing conversation. I know it. So before we hop into what we are going to talk about, hi, Shayna, how are you? Hey, hey, I'm so excited to be here and honored. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So tell the people who you are, let them know who you are, what you do, where you're from. Absolutely. Um, so my name is Shayna Bowman, also known as Evangelist Shane. By day, I'm an HR specialist doing all things DEI and corporate training. And then by night, your girl is a podcast host. And I like to shuffle the pots and pans together um, with my private chef business. So I do a little little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then, of course, um, you can tell by the, the nickname Evangelist Shane that I obviously am very passionate about ministry um, and just amplifying the, the perspective and the voice of the millennial believer in this time. Absolutely love it. And y'all, let me tell you, the food that she's cooking and posting online, I get hungry every time I see one of your posts. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my goodness, it looks so good. And we actually, well, no, we connected before BCI. Um, I, re- I remember following your podcast. I was like, this is pretty dope. And then we kind of formally connected through Black Christian influencers. So I'm just excited about the connection. Um, you know, I love Kingdom Connections and Shana was one of the people that I kind of, you know, when you meet people, it's like sometimes you have to fill them out and you don't always click. But Shana was like, we just kind of clicked. And I, I love that. Speaking of which, how have you been um, kind of just coping with the, the changes of life since Honestly. I've loved it here. Um, for me, like I know people are canceling 2020, but it has actually forced um, times of reflection for me. Not only that, it's forced me to rest because I'm a person who's always constantly overcommitted. Um, it's given me and my husband the opportunity to save some coinage. Okay. So, um, and it's really helping me, I think more so now in the last, um, maybe month or two, it's really helping me to uh, focus on what is really the priority and like to cut out all of the noise. So for me, it has been a blessing. Um, I've enjoyed working from home. I've enjoyed, the only thing that I do um, miss is the ability to travel because my husband and I, we loves to get out in them uh, streets and go somewhere. So we haven't been able to do that. But other than that, I am fine. Yeah, same. Same here. I'm naturally a homebody, so I always kind of worked from home for the past few years, and so that wasn't too much of a transition, but like you said, it did kind of give me a lot of time to start to reflect, Um, and really, honestly, we were, before we started recording, we were talking about the summit for um, Seek God, Slay Goals, and that, the whole vision for the summit came in the midst of the pandemic, Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been great for me. I, I totally agree. Um, 
And I think even going with this whole idea of reflection, you have a chance to really uncover who you are, right? Because you're not consumed with all of the things that you have to do. You're not consumed with being busy and you really have a chance to look inside and see who, who am I, you know, really outside of all of these things that I have to do, all of these responsibilities that I have. Um, and that kind of brings us to what we want to talk about today is like uncovering the mask, right? So a lot of times we are presenting this masked version of ourselves to the world. So have you found yourself ever in a season where Honey, you wore the mask? <laughs> listen, wore the mask. It was attached to my face, okay? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, honestly, I think that all of us kind of go through that phase. Um, and I think that there are a lot of things that contribute to the reasoning behind why we end up doing that. But I have definitely been in that place. And even it's it's funny because I was reflecting on this not too long ago. Um, about how there are so many women that are younger than me um, that I have had the opportunity to watch or, you know, follow via social media. And I just admire how they're so sure of themselves, um, or at least if they appear to be, right? And they, they exude this confidence. And I'm like, wow, like some of these, these young ladies are so much younger than me. And I feel like I'm just starting to come into my, my real, true, authentic self and be unapolog unapologetic about it. Like, I am who I am. I said what I said. I do what I do. And like, you can either rock with it or not. The, the key part is um, the, the end of not, not really, like, if, if there are people who don't rock with it, being okay with that. Right. Um, and that's the part where I feel like now I am really starting to come into myself. I do feel like I've always had a good sense of like the things that I like, the things that I don't like, but I didn't necessarily allow them to be fully expressed because I'm, am, <laughs> have been and working on, um, I, but if I'm just honest, I was a people pleaser. Um, and so, you know, I think that was a large part of what contributed to, um, you know, where I was in this, I wouldn't even call it a season because I mean, it was a lot of years. <laughs> I don't know how long a season could last, but, um, yeah, you know, just going through that time period and that, that time frame of, um, really wearing that mask, but it's only been until recently um, over the past several years that I feel like I begin to to really take it off and unpack who I am um, for real and expose it. Not that I didn't know who I was, but to expose it um, to other people and to be okay with whatever their reactions to who I am is. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the important, well, all of it is important, but one of the key things you said was being okay with their reaction. Um, and I think I'm kind of in that same space now, more recently, probably only this year, where I'm like, this is, this is me. This is what I want. This is what I desire. These are my standards. This, you know, this is what it is. And if you don't rock with that, that's okay. You know, God bless you. I still wish you the best, but it's kind of like tapping into who you truly are versus who you've been pretending to be or who people have uh, said you should be or, you know, living up to other people's expectations versus, you know, who God said you should be. And so with this mask that you 
that you say was attached to your face. I know you said you were people pleasing, but why did you feel like you had to wear this mask? Yeah, I mean, like I said, people pleasing is definitely one part of it, but I think that there was also the missing link of um, of identity. I did not know my biological father, didn't have a relationship with him. Um, my father that raised me, I was the only person in my home that had a different last name from the rest of the family. So there were just like a lot of contributing factors that kind of, I would say, attacked my identity from a very young age that made it very confusing. Um, and a lot of things were not really like explained um, to me. And I, you know, like I know that the generation that my mom came up in and um, and her parents came up in, especially for the black community, things are very like hush hush, like, you know, stay in a child's place kind of thing. And so it was all very confusing to me. So I definitely think that having the lack of fathering and not really um, feeling like there was a space that could be owned for that, even though I did have a father, my father that raised me, um, even, you know, even with that, there was some, some disconnects while I'm thankful for the fatherhood that he provided to me. But I think that was definitely one of the things. I think um, just the general need to feel accepted where, and especially like young, when we were younger, um, I feel like that's something that all teenagers go through and all of that, where in today's time, like the generation that came behind us, they are really empowered to just be exactly who they are and whatever to who you know whoever doesn't accept it where that wasn't a thing for us it was a big deal to really have acceptance and so i think that contributed to it for sure so as you're kind of on this journey of you know taking the mask off what has been the difference between the mask version of you versus mm -hmm. your authentic self Which? i'm cracking up at your face <laughs> I mean, when I just think about it, I can't help but make a face. First of all, I am very animated. Anybody that knows me, they know, like, this is your girl. <laughs> I'll always make it a face or, you know, have some kind of reaction. Um, but as far as what it looked like, um, I mean, to be quite truthful, it was just very inauthentic, right? Um, I think it was very insecure, that part, woo, the insecurity, we can, we can definitely get into a little bit about that. Um, I think I tried to emulate and to be like, um, or to take on the persona of people that I saw that I admired, but I admired them for the wrong reasons, right? I admired them because, um, they were popular or they were well-liked. I especially admire people who have like the ability to be unique and different and it's a, that is embraced by other people. Whereas when I feel like I'm like the areas where I was unique and different, I didn't feel like people would embrace that. And so I would, you know, try to kind of see how I could be more like other people or whatever. And just like a lot of trying to keep up with things that really weren't me. For sure. Um, when I talked about the insecurity part, that is such a huge, huge um, piece to the puzzle. I think when it comes to unmasking, when it comes to trying to really figure out who you are, 
when you're going through that process of figuring out who you are, it forces you to be reflective and it forces you to really face the facts and to come to terms with who you've created yourself to be. Um, and, and I'm about to get a little churchy right here, but also like when you come into the knowledge of Christ, understanding that that is such a smack in the face to God when he had a thought about who he wanted you to be and who he actually not even just who he wanted you to be but he specifically crafted you to be that but you're out here in these streets trying to be somebody else like it's such a huge smack in the face to him so when i think about the level of insecurity that i had um and that i was walking in feeling like I needed to be like someone else, it really is just, whoo, like really eye-opening to me. It really is. And that was um, a, a point a few years ago. Um, I think, whoa, I'm going to tell my age on these streets. <laughs> a, few, <laughs> a few years ago, when I was turning 30, I remember saying to myself, like, oh, I do not want to go. I was 29. Um, and I started thinking about turning 30 like a year before it happened. And I was like, I do not want to go into my 30s. Like, I want to be, I am who I am and this, this and that. And I thought I was ready. And some parts of me, I did like work on and like on my own and like try to be, you know, um, more authentic to who I was. But not until maybe about three years or so ago did I really start doing the, the hard part, the hard work um, where you have to deal with and begin to take off all the layers that you put on yeah. to see who you are. Like I even found myself things as simple as like, oh yeah, like I like this type of food. No, you don't. You only saying you like that type of food because the, the people that you hang around or whatever, you know, it can, it's like, you have to look for the context clues, the little small things where you have picked up the identity of someone else and taken it on as your own. So really like getting to know yourself. You said so much good stuff just now. So I wanted to touch, I want to make sure we talk about, you know, that process of unmasking. But before we get to that, you mentioned, um, you know, the identity in Christ. And for me, I think it was really when I started to be more intentional with my, in my walk with Christ, you know, I've been in church my whole life, but that's different than building a personal relationship. So yeah. when that happened, you know, I had a lot of insecurities too, that I didn't even know were there until I started uh, understanding who I was in Christ. Like even I used to have issues with being skinny. Um, I didn't want to be skinny because everybody was, was thick and voluptuous. <laughs> I used to hate being skinny. And, um, you know, I used to dislike my nose because it was like a long nose. It was just all these things. But then as I got into God's word and, you know, you read scriptures about how he made you and how you're, um, um, about how he created you and you you're you're made perfectly and wonderfully and all these things it's like well if my father like if God created me if, if he thought that much of me to create me this way then why am I wanting to change that you know what I mean and so for me that was kind of like I think that was the start of my taking the mask off was when when I started really developing that relationship with, with Christ. I was going to say, you just said something and I wrote down um, a word when you were saying it. I think that part of 
that process of like us being able to embrace the things that we consider flaws are coming from the fact that maybe they weren't affirmed. So um, like, for example, um, I'm the oldest of three kids. And um, when I was growing up, we were latchkey kids. My, my parents worked so hard um, to make sure that we had a better life than what they had. And so I had a lot of responsibilities. Like I was the one responsible when we got home from school, making sure that I got my brother and sister off the bus, making sure that we had our snacks, making sure that everybody was getting their homework done, um, all of those types of things, right? So the leadership ability in me was being affirmed because my parents would say that I was doing a good job helping out with my, um, you know, my brother and sister and things like that. But when it came to like physical appearance and like affection, when we were younger, we are right now, like in our older years, our family is so touchy feely, like give me a hug, give me a kiss, all of that. But growing up, there wasn't a lot of that physical embrace or a lot of that um, reassurance of like, oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, you're so this, you know what I'm saying? Not for, uh, I don't think, it, I just don't think it was something that um, maybe my parents at the time had prioritized just because they didn't have the knowledge that it was something that you, you should do, you know what I'm saying? And so when we feel like, you know, we find ourselves looking at um, our physical appearances or even having insecurity about natural personality traits, right? I think it's because there was not an affirmation given to us to say like, this is a good thing or like you should embrace this. And so when you started talking about how God crafts us and like, you know, when you start thinking about the fact that like, well, this is how he made me. Like he made me like this for a reason. I should embrace it. If you don't, one, already have that foundation of Christ, or even an understanding of him, right? At a long, at a young age, it's hard for you to reconcile that later on down the line when you do start developing your relationship with God. The whole affirming piece. I'm reading this book called "Women Who Love Too Much," and and in the book though, it really talks about how a lot of our experiences when we're younger they craft how we are in adulthood or it kind of correlates why we act a certain you know a certain type of way in our adulthood and it's because of the things that we either experienced or did not experience in our youth and so when I was reading the book it's like oh wow I mean it was a little scary because still during this whole process you're uncovering you're learning about yourself but you're like oh wow I'm like this because this happened or didn't happen and so for me I realized that kind of similar to what you said Growing up, we didn't have an affectionate family at all. And that kind of translated into my adulthood in my my inability to show affection because it was just something that I didn't grow up with, right? And so all those things, you're so right. The, the affirming piece, even with how I was saying I was skinny or I am skinny and I always wanted to be thicker, it was because, you know, when I grew up with my cousins, they were all thicker and they were affirmed in that and I wasn't. So it's so much that goes into how we are, you know, our mindset and how we are as adults and how we're interacting and how we look at ourselves. Um, and I don't think we really understand that it starts so young, very, very young. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about your unmasking process. What did that look like? You know, was there a moment where you where you said, okay, I need to go on this journey to to find my authentic self? Did something happen and you were like, okay, I need to 
get get it together or what was that experience like for you? How did it start and what did the process look like? It was honestly a buildup and the culmination of several events coming together um, that led to me making a conscious decision to be like, you know what? I'm going to do something about this because I don't like it. Um, see, I had started doing some self-reflection and some personal development type of work um, even before this. But in 2018, it was a really, really pivotal time for me um, as far as making the, the effort to go beyond the surface right? Not to just do the, uh, the surface level work, but to get to that deep rooted stuff that requires a shift in your mindset and your, the way that you think, the way that you see yourself. Um, and I'm really thankful for, there's a lot of people that God allowed me to cross paths with some, you know, men and women of faith and some honestly that are not, um, that don't have completely different religious background, but just have um, an understanding of how you need to unpack a lot of the psychological trauma that we face. And I, I don't know that we talk about that enough, um, number one, in the Black community, but also number two, specifically in the Black church. Yeah. Um, and so it for me, one of the things that I unpacked, I started seeing a therapist, right? It took me a minute to find one that I really connected with, that I really felt comfortable with. And um, when I tell you I found my girl, I mean, it was an instant connection and she's a believer. That was really important to me um, because I didn't want nobody to be trying to feed me no new age foolishness. Okay. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I needed someone who could talk to me and I'm a very, uh, I think it's left-sided. Yeah, I'm very left-sided. Um, when it, as far as my think, I'm very logical. I'm very methodical. Things need to make sense to me. Like A has to happen so that this is the reason why you have the outcome. Like those things, when it comes to this type, I need to understand all of it. So I wanted to deal with someone who understood the psychology behind how the human brain works and like our human behaviors and reactions to um, you know, our, our lived experiences, but also I wanted somebody who knew the word of God. And I'm not talking about like, oh, like I, you know, I go to church sometimes. I wanted someone who really understood the word, who understood spiritual warfare, um, because all of that plays a part. Please do not be um, mistaken to think that the enemy did not craft and create all of the little traumas that you have had in your life to try to destroy your identity because that is what he is after. Um, and the crazy thing is though that God allowed it because he knew that those were the things that were going to be necessary in order for me to get to the point where I would have to um, face myself and understand how much that I need him. Yeah. Right. So um, in 2018, I really um, I experienced a, a really um, downward spiral of depression due to some things that um, that happened to me with some close family members. And I really needed to. Um, I, I had also always struggled um, just growing up with self-esteem, self-worth. Um, thoughts of suicide, all of that type of thing. 
And so I didn't want to feel those types of feelings. And I wanted to understand why I was feeling like that because like, what? Like, I'm a good person. I don't be bothering nobody. What is all this going on? So in 2018, um, that was really the tipping point for me. And when I got connected with my therapist, she really just helped me navigate through one, um, all of the little life experiences that I've had that, that I didn't have one big trauma, right? It was a bunch of little traumas that contributed to how I had become the way that I've become. Um, and so therapy was a huge, huge part in that. Um, also, the um, more intentionality behind my relationship with God and really focusing in on um, what it is that I'm here for, um, understanding from a spiritual perspective, why I had to experience some of the stuff that I was experiencing. Um, and so I think the combination of the two things is what really um, make up a large part of my journey um, to get to a, a place of wellness. And even now, if I'm being honest, like, I mean, I have grown so much um, and I have so, so much more um, tools that are accessible to me in my toolbox because I've learned um, how to process things, how to not internalize things, how to separate reality from, um, from feeling, which is an, uh, another big thing. But even now, like I still have moments where I'm like, I need to step back, I need to draw back. Um, but I think that's just part of the journey. And for me, the journey is, it, it doesn't, I don't, there's no end point. It's a constant um, progressive movement um, forward and trying to just be a better me and to be satisfied and to be happy with the person that I am um, and to be okay with accepting that there are going to be some people who don't like who I am despite my best effort. And that's, I mean, that's not my, that's not a me problem. That's a them problem for them to figure out. And I can't internalize whatever their reaction is to who I am, period. That's so good. Yeah, period. I'm not even going to add anything today. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a great point. Um, but I wanted to go back to what you said, which I also thought was um, good. You said that you were intentional. And you said this a couple of times, you were intentional, one, about your relationship, your relationship with God, and then you were intentional in making the decision. You made a conscious decision that it was time for you basically to face yourself um, and go on this journey. And I think that's an important part of it um, because I think at the end of the day, you know, God can have all of these things for us. He can want us to be who it is he created us to be. But if we're not like willing partakers of the process, yeah. we, we're not really going to get there. So we have to consciously make the decision to say, okay, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to strive to be who God created me to be, or I'm going to start this journey um, to discovering who I am in Christ. And then also what you're saying about it being a journey. You know, I think sometimes there's this misconception that when we uh, come to Christ or that when we start our relationship with Christ, that everything from there is just going to be up, you know, but it, it's really not. It's a journey. It's going to be ups. It's going to be downs. And there's going to be times when um, you can be quote unquote on and other times when you have to take a step back um, and to retreat and to get into his presence. And so you know, I don't want anybody to kind of be discouraged if they're 
journey seems to be up and down because it, that's kind of just a part of the process, right? It's not, it's not what society kind of portrays as going from the bottom straight, straight up, like a straight line. Yeah. Right. So for somebody who might be, you know, they're intrigued and they want to, they're like, how do I even start this process? What are just some practical things? I know you mentioned therapy, um, which I also am like a, an advocate for us to go to therapy, especially Black Christians. I think there's this, this taboo thing about talking about mental health in the Black community. I think we're getting better with it now. I definitely recommend people to go to therapy, but what are some other practical ways that people can begin to, you know, unmask themselves or, or identify their authentic selves? Yeah, for sure. I think um, one of the reasons, right, that I was, I, I don't think that for me, it was uh, unknowing that I needed to deal with some stuff, right? I knew the whole time, whole time I knew um, that there were things that I was not dealing with, but I just kept on pushing them to the side. And like, you know, if they're not, if it's not showing its face to me and it's not whatever, then I can just like keep it moving. So I think one, just coming to the, t coming to terms with, you know, that there might be things about um, yourself that you know you need to deal with and like being real about the fact that you need to deal with it, right? So um, what do they say to addicts? Like the first thing about uh, getting to sobriety is admitting that you have a problem, like something yeah, along something like that. But I think that's very real, even when you're talking about this piece of beginning your journey to unmask, is acknowledging that there is something there. Often it's rooted in hurt, right? And brokenness. And the reason that we avoid going forward with the work is because we know that we're going to have to trail through all of that stuff and let it come up like um real quick story time before i fully answer the question but like the room that i'm sitting in right now i just man god is amazing but this room i it's been converted into my home office but when i tell y'all this room was a hot mess like just um maybe like a month or two ago <laughs> we have been in this condo for four years and when i moved in we didn't um we were only supposed to live here for about a year and so when we moved in i mean i had boxes and stuff um that I was like, well, since we only gonna be here for a year, like I ain't gonna unpack all of this, whatever. Well, what happened is this room became like a catch-all for everything. Like all of my catering stuff is in here, boxes from when I moved out of my, um, my parents' house, <laughs> my mom's house when I got married, like just a bunch of stuff. And over the years, like I just continued to put a bunch of junk in here and never like, it's a room that we didn't use. It was a room, it's upstairs so people don't see it. So it was just this like, this secret trashed place that I have in my room because the rest of our house is nice or whatever. And I had this one place um, in, in my house that was like just completely out of order. And that's how I feel about like, kind of like how life can be right we have these um we we have all of this all the other rooms in our lives and all the stuff we parade around like our career can be good we can have good relationship with our friends we can you know have all these parts of our life that look so good but then there's this one area that we know is a hot mess but we won't deal with it and um 
since we've been in these remote times, I'm like, I got to find somewhere else to work because working from my bed in this little chair in my room is not going to work. So I told my husband, I was like, I'm ready to do the room, even though I was dreading it because I knew that it was a mess and that it was going to take a long time to come in here, sort through everything. We hadn't done anything in here in four years. I knew how long that process was going to take. And I said, well, I just, I got to do it if I want to be able to have a, pa- a, a space of peace where I can be productive. I want y'all to hear what I'm saying yeah, in the spirit. Okay. I want y'all Evangelist. to hear what I am saying. When we finally saw it, went ahead and ordered um, all of the furniture, the, the basic setup for the office. Took like two months to come, right? Instead of, you would have thought that while I knew I had ordered the furniture and that it was on its way, my God that I would have started preparing the room, right? So that when the furniture got here, I would just be able to set up the furniture and enjoy my space. Do you think I did that? No, I did not. It was still a hot mess when it, when it, when the furniture arrived. So when the furniture arrived, we could not do anything because I had to literally come in here, go through every single box, go through all the trash, get rid of all the stuff that didn't need to be here um, and all of that. And you know, the part of the process that annoyed me the most is that I felt like, No matter how much cleaning, no matter how much throwing away I was doing, it did not feel like I was making any progress. I wish y'all could. I did not come to preach today. (laughs) I'm serious. I did not. But I felt like I was not making any progress. And then you have that point in time where, like, you have to keep moving stuff from one side of the room to the other side of the room. Oh my goodness. And I told my mom, I said, I feel like this is never going to be over. But once I finally sorted through everything that I didn't need, once I finally decided like, you know what, I've had this, I've been um, having this since even before I moved in this house and I haven't used it in years, it's time to let it go. Once I started doing that, I could see the space clearing up and I was able to move in the things that needed to be here so that I could be in a place of peace, be in a space where I could be productive. But it wasn't until I did the work of cleaning out all the junk that did not belong here in the first place that I was able to enjoy the space that I'm in. And I said all of that to say, if you're looking for practical tips, practical tools for how you can get started. The the first thing is just to acknowledge that there's some stuff in your life that you know is not right and that you need that, that you will be humble enough to submit to the Lord and say, God, I need help with this. I need you to like, I need you to do it because clearly we're the ones that keep trying to navigate and trying to control the things of our lives. And this is what God is doing to force his, to, to force us to see look, you could try it if you want to on your own, but I got a better way. And, and the way that I have is going to bring you peace. I, I would say that's the number one thing is just to acknowledge that you, that you have some stuff that you need to deal with. And then don't be afraid of all of the stuff that might come out of that process of having to face and deal with all of the things that come out when you are cleaning when you have to go back and stuff that you forgot about you got to look at it again because you haven't seen it in so long that 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 part um don't be afraid don't be afraid because that's really where the the work begins and i mean to be honest 
sometimes you're going to have to cry a little bit. Sometimes you might have to, you know, you might need to take a break. Like when I was working on this room, I, I went in with the mindset. I was like, I just want to get it done as soon as possible. I just want to get this stuff out the way. But the fact was there was too much stuff for me to have to get rid of that I couldn't get it. I couldn't rush through it. I had to take my time with it. And it's, this, it's the same way, the same way that you have to deal with the stuff that you have going on in your life. It's not going to be a rush process and you need to allow yourself to have that space. Give yourself the grace um, and the time to deal and to cope with all of the things. So yeah, those are, that, there are other things I could say, but I'm going to just leave it at that because I think those are good starting points. Oh, yes, because that was a lot. I'm like, okay, I need to. <laughs> go up here and go get myself together and I think um you said something about being afraid to deal with all this stuff and I think for me fear fear played a huge part in me not even wanting to deal with anything um or having to deal with letting people go or addressing certain things it was just like so much fear around that um I want to pause right there for a second. Um, I just wrote that. I did, did that thing again where I write down a word. Um, one of you talked about like losing people, right? One of the things that happened that that's so beautiful that comes out of this process when you do it is that you learn how to set boundaries and you learn how to uh, make your space of peace a priority and you'll let nothing disturb that and you know the problem is you know that when you decide to make yourself a priority and when you decide that you're going to have some boundaries that there are going to be people who don't respect that and there are going to be people who um who who will continue to try to cross that line and you're going to have to put them out of your place of peace and the pain of knowing that you are gonna have to do that, especially if you're someone who likes to people please, especially if you're somebody that's always trying to live up to the expectation of other people, this is gonna be a struggle for you. But if you wanna maintain your peace, you work too hard to get that peace to allow people to cross boundaries and to um, force yourself into a position where you're gonna now allow people to disturb all the work that you've done to create this safe space. And so it's inevitable that you are gonna have to let go of um, some people, places, and things. And that can be painful. That's, that's, you know what that is? That's grief. It is, it is. And I have experienced that. It took me years to implement boundaries for certain areas of my life, years. I would say in my mind, I'm like, okay, I know I need to do this. Not like, oh, a month, years, right? And oh my goodness, it took me so long to get to a place where I even had enough boldness to even speak the boundary to somebody, right? Yes. And I mean, I'm, oh my goodness, but that boldness came out of me really going back to what you said, being intentional in my walk with Christ and putting that above everything else, that above these relationships with other people, that above my feelings, that above all these other things. And that's where that boldness came from. I was able to put these boundaries into place. Was it painful? Absolutely. And some days I'm like, oh man, I, you know, some days you want to have cheat days. You're like, I don't even want to continue on with this. You want to have your moment, but it's like, no, my peace is worth more than that. And so you don't get to that place though 
unless you do the, the, the hard work, like you said, um, those boundaries though, man, I'm glad you said that it's so, so, so crucial to that, this process of unmasking and walking into your authentic self. But when you get to the other side, it's like so much better here. It is so much better here. And even, um, I will even say this though, that doesn't mean that you're not going to continue to contend with, um, the, your natural and innate, like, desire to people please like you're still gonna you're still going to um have some of that right that because that's just is something that you carried along with you for so long i think it's a natural thing um within humans right to want to be accepted but you have to that's where i think like the therapy was really helpful for me because it's made me very self-aware. And if you can be honest with yourself and be reflective with yourself and, um, you know, really kind of put things into perspective, then, um, then you'll, you'll come back to the place where you're like, Mm-mm, nope, not today. Ain't going to do it. <laughs> not repeating those behaviors took too long to get here. So real. Over. I don't even have anything else to say. I just want to encourage you all. If you are, I mean, because like you said, we know when we are masked, we know when we are not being real with ourselves. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you if you're finding yourself in that space um, to really take that first step and say, okay, I know I have a problem and chat it up with God yeah. and go from there. Yes. yes. So, Man, I'm so that this was so good. So was it anything else before we get into how people can connect with you? Was it anything else that you wanted to add about this? And I am gonna ask you to pray for the people as well who are listening. But is it anything else that you wanted to add about unmasking and and um identifying your authentic self? Only thing I will say is y'all, it really is so much better on the other side. Like I know it's so much work and I know it can be scary, but when you get to the other side of it, and like I said, I believe it's a continual journey, but when you get to the, the side where you feel like you've crossed a milestone, you will feel a million times better and you will not find yourself constantly questioning the decisions that you're making because you're not making the decisions that are best for other people. You're making the decisions that are best for you. And um, you can't, you can't, oh man, I don't even know if I want to say this because that might take it to a whole different, but especially uh, if you're, whether you're single or you're married, this is something that you got to get together because you don't want these insecurities and these issues that you have to then filter over into what's supposed to be um, one of the most um, God, precious relationships that you have, because it will. All of your insecurities will come out in marriage. Mm. I could, that's another story for another right. day. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> that's another story for another day. Cause this show is like a mirror. And that I will just add that that was um, another reason why I really wanted to get myself together so that I could be a better wife for my husband and a better mother for my future children. For sure. That's, that's so real. That's so, so real. So let the people know how they can connect with you 
if you have anything coming up and then if you could just lead us out in prayer um, for those who may be in this journey and they might be struggling um you know just pray for for those people Absolutely. Um, first of all, thank you again so much for uh, letting me come on to the show, for inviting me here. I, I really do pray that um, those who are listening, that you have gotten something valuable out of this and, um, you know, that you'll start embarking on your personal journey to wellness and to um, just embracing who you are, just the way that God made you. Um, so thank you so much. I'm just so thankful for our connection. Like yeah. it's been real, real out in these streets. Um, but if you want to stay on the up and up with me, you can follow me on my um, personal IG, which is um, Evangelist Shane, it's E-V-G-S-H-A-N-E. Um, you can listen to my podcast, which is Save Millennial Radio, um, available on pretty much all digital outlets, Apple, um, whatever, what is it called? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Google Play. You can go to the website, www.savemillennial.org. Catch up with me there. We've been on a little uh, hiatus, but we'll be coming back. But for, for the meantime, you can just go listen to some of the older shows. They're all great. Um, and if you, if you just want some food inspiration, yeah. okay, you can come on over to my business page, which is Faith Fair, F-A-R-E, one, and I'll show you how to cook a little something, how to put these plates together. Um, so yeah, that's it. Thank you again so much. I, I, I'm so glad that we had this time, and I definitely want to... Um, want to pray for everyone who is listening to this episode. Father, we just thank you for being such a good, good, good father to us. Thank you, Lord, that um, you know the very hairs upon our head, God. You knew what you expected and what you wanted us to be before we were even formed in our mother's womb. Like you had thoughts and plans for us at the creation of earth. You were thinking of us. So thank you for being a good father. Help us, Lord, um, to not try to run away from exactly who you have called us to be. Help us not to try to take on and embrace the personas of other people when you have uniquely crafted us to be um, who you called us to be and who you want us to be. Lord, I pray, God, for any person that's listening that is struggling, um, who is struggling with their self-worth, anyone that is going through depressive episodes, anyone who is um, experiencing low self-esteem, anyone who is just struggling with who they are, who's frustrated and confused by why they make the decisions that they meet, make and why they do the things that they do. Father, I pray, God, that you will just allow your Holy Spirit to invade the space that they're in right now. God, if they're listening to this in the car, I pray, God, that you will just fill their car with your spirit. If they're at home in their room, God, fill, fill their space, God, with the Holy Spirit. God, that they'll be able to feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And God, just begin to deal with them. Allow them, God, to feel the freedom and the liberty to be able to cry out to you about all the things that they have on their heart. God, I pray, God, that you will even point them in the right direction as far as finding and seeking out counsel um, through the vehicle of therapy. 
God, that they will connect with someone who is godly, who knows your word, who can speak to what is going on with them psychologically and what is going on with them spiritually. Father, I pray, God, that um, every person that's listening, God, that they will just begin to have a new sense of their value, that they will understand, God, that you always um, put a high price on who we were from the very beginning. God, that, that we're invaluable to you. God, that we are precious to you. God, I pray that they will begin to understand who they are. And Father, most of all, I pray, God, that we would just begin to embrace the authenticity of who you have made us to be. God, that we will be unapologetic about it. And God, that we will give your name glory, God, for, for allowing us to be who you called us to be. And Father, I pray, God, that they will go on to do greater works and that they'll pour into others as you pour into them. God, that they will walk fully in their purpose in the name of Jesus. God, I just give your name glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Evangelist. It has been a pleasure having you on today. We'll definitely have to bring you back. Guys, thank you for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Seek God Slay Goals podcast. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Instagram at Seek God Slay Goals.